0: Hello and welcome to Smart Businesses Do This where today we're going to be talking about virtual assistants, artificial intelligence and combining the two to create an absolute superpower in your business. You are listening to Smart Businesses Do This the podcast show for freelancers, side hustlers, and upcoming small business owners who want to transform their current business or business idea into a company that is built to succeed, simple to run, and gives you the freedom to live your life on your own terms. I'm your host, Adam Lyons. Let's get started. I truly believe that the future of AI is not an AI Uh, alone platform, I believe that we will be using AI technicians, AI techs, whatever they end up getting called, and they will be using the AI much in the same way that if the average person uses Photoshop, but you're not an artist, what you output will look like crap. I have also seen that somebody that doesn't know how to use AI or doesn't understand writing, structure, crafting, what they output is also crap. On the other hand, in the hands of a capable AI technician, what is output is absolute gold. We're running workshops on this and teaching people how to do it. Jeff Hunter, my good friend, uh, the owner of Savage Marketing Academy and uh, also VA staffer, um, has been training virtual assistants to maximize their output with AI, and there are so many advantages to this. So, Jeff, welcome to the show. Thank you for coming. Thank here.
1: you so much. And uh, yeah, it's been fun. And um, one of the things that I think is really crazy is that you know when you see people talk about ChatGPT, is all the buzz right now, right? Everyone's seen OpenAI. Everybody's talking OpenAI. ChatGPT. You can't escape it. Every ad on Facebook, it feels like, is a ChatGPT ad. But what's really interesting is you'll see a lot of people use it and they'll they'll kind of be amazed with what it can do. But the real problem is, is that everyone's really looking for the thing that we're always looking for, which is to replace ourselves. And I think that is one of the things that you said is absolutely spot on. I think what I call them as AI persona builders, or you can call them operators or integrators. I think that that's going to be key because the AI is going to output what it thinks is true. And it's going to say it like it absolutely believes that it's true. And um, actually, there was a there was a Stanford professor who, and you probably saw my post about this, but there's a Stanford Ivy League professor that basically said, oh, you know what? AI is just full of crap. It's just repeating regurgitated things. And it thinks it's absolutely truth with absolute uncertainty. And I said, well, you know what? That sounds a lot like humans.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that sounds super accurate. So fun fact, the reason I'm laughing so hard is last night, I was hanging out with a really good friend of mine. His name's Farhad. And uh, we punched into AI and I asked it to tell me about myself. And it accurately wrote a lot about me and then listed the books I'd written, of which I've only written one. And so I then had a discussion with the AI and said, Fun fact, I did not, in fact, write these other three books that you said I wrote. And it said, Ah, terribly sorry, you're right. You did not write these three books. You wrote these other two books. (laughs) And I'm like, Nope, no, I didn't write those either. It goes, Ah, so sorry, I will correct that, but you did write this one. I was like, Nope. I didn't write that one either. It's like, ah, maybe this one. And it's like, it's literally like a very confident, uh, like uh, but not necessarily 100% accurate, but with no ego, which I love. It's like, oh yeah, I'm wrong about that. It did do this one though. It's like, nope, wrong again. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, I love, I really love playing with AI. And if, if you haven't played with it, and I don't mean just mess around with it. I mean, actually have a conversation with it. It's hysterical. Some of the stuff. That yeah, comes there was
1: out. a there was an article about a journalist who was using the new Bing AI. Um, if you haven't heard, Microsoft invested like ten billion dollars into OpenAI, um, and uh, a very interesting thing happened when he was using the chat. After a bit of time chatting back and forth with it, it had given itself a name and was trying to convince the journalist to leave his wife for the Bing chat. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, there's there's
0: definitely some really interesting applications. <laughs> yeah. I, I, one of my favorites, actually, if you haven't found it yet, is the roastme.ai, which is really good, where it will get into an insulting competition with you. And um, I, I initially was like, I don't think these insults are, are very good. And it's like, good thing I don't care about your opinion. Um, and so this was like going backwards and forwards. And then it finally did a good one. I was like, that one was good. It goes, oh, at least we can agree on something, loser. Yeah. And I was like, this is pretty funny. Well, now that we've got into the
1: fun side of it, so back to what we're really trying to get into, right. the virtual assistants and the AI. And this is why, for me, this is a dream come true. And um, and actually, I, I usually introduce myself as Jeff J. Hunter. And the J stands for my middle name, Jesse, my grandfather. Hopefully, I'm not going to get emotional right now. Nope. Get back in there. (laughs) Um, But my grandfather, who he passed away in 2016, and um, he always told me as a kid that in my generation that we would experience a time where everything in life would be automatic and that everything would just have a button. And uh, damn it, it's it's happening. (laughs) It's happening. But I just wish he was alive today because uh, it's coming true. And I'm just so fortunate that for me, my very first job ever was working at a computer store um, when I was a teenager, my grandpa used to drop me off over there after school, and I didn't—I didn't even get paid. I worked for free. You know that was a thing that we did back then, right? We worked for free because we weren't entitled little brats. Money school. hadn't been invented. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. yeah, yeah. We, were, we, you know, <laughs> we were walking six miles <laughs> in the snow uphill, you know? yeah, uh, for no
0: money, <laughs> exactly, and no food or shoes, <laughs> right? Uh,
1: but what's a what a beautiful thing that's happening right now is, you know, so I, I have a Fortune 500 background as a project manager. I Used to be an IT project manager for Phillips Electronics. Um, and what was interesting was I was building virtual teams back then. And uh, when I started my first company called VA Staffer, uh, it's about executive assistants and virtual assistants. And I feel so fortunate that the very first company that I ever started was a staffing agency because every crazy idea I've ever come up with, I instantly could build a team, right? To do things with. And as, as, our, as we learned in our last panel, that's a really important thing is to build the team around you. Um, so what's really crazy is that I specialize specifically in executive assistance in the Philippines. And the biggest gap, the biggest problem that prevents people from really moving ahead with Filipino virtual assistants language. specifically is the language barrier, Yeah. right? And this is where Americans better watch the F out. Because now with OpenAI, What I do is I work with my Filipino virtual assistant. We build out what I call an AI persona of me. I call it the savage marketer AI persona. And now my assistant can actually get the AI to produce in my own vernacular, my own language, how I would respond to people. And what's really interesting about this is that here, let me give you a real world application, because this is very tactical today, of how this is being used. Yep. If you guys are not using LinkedIn, I'm just going to throw it out there, you're missing a huge boat. Because LinkedIn is blowing up, especially with what they're, in, you know, it's, it's a Microsoft company. Microsoft's doing big things on AI. It's still the number one job board in the world. Um, but LinkedIn is a really incredible thing. I have a whole hit list. Matter of fact, most of you guys will notice that you'll see that I'm gonna send you a friend request on LinkedIn. It's not me, it's my executive assistant. Guess what she's gonna do? She's gonna copy and paste your entire profile into the open AI. It's going to draft a personalized connection message based on your profile. And then it's gonna introduce the fact that we just, you just got done seeing me speak here at Adam's event. And it's gonna say, let's connect. And guess what? It used to be something that my assistant would do. It would take her three hours a day to do things like this, interact with other companies, business owners, things like that. Uh, Now it takes her a copy paste in AI to craft the perfectly engineered message to get your attention. And it takes her a couple minutes to copy paste and paste the response, and it will be written in perfect English in my style, exactly how I would respond.
0: That's mind blowing stuff. Awesome. Guys, you hear that? One of the things I love doing with AI, um, and I don't know if you're doing this yet, is after I have it create something, I will then say, I love that, Now do it again, but be more controversial and make it more curiosity-inspiring. And the next output is like 100 times better than what it previously was. I'm like, this is good, but the two words for me are controversial and curiosity-inspiring. And what it pumps out is always just, oh my God, that really... Catches your rivals and gets you to want to look at it. Something that's going to blow your mind, guys, is
1: that OpenAI, right now, it's just been updated in January. So, uh, when I say January, I mean the data in OpenAI is now updated to January of this year. So, this is a very interesting. This is very interesting to know that up until like the last couple of weeks, the data was up until 2021. Yeah. So it was two years old. So it's been updated now. So you probably noticed it knows more. It knows more things about you. Um, if you show up in Google, it will actually know who you are. Sometimes it'll not it'll take a bad guess at the books you've written, like Adam showed earlier, but it's gonna know pretty well who you are. Another thing is they've integrated the ability to use links now. So I've actually had it go to a website and say, summarize this website and let me know what the value statement of this is. There's lots of different use models for it. Um, but one of the things that's really incredible is that now it's updated with frameworks and popular books, it's got all the internet out there. So now, how many of you guys are marketers? I'd love to see how many guys are marketers. Okay, we got three. I know we don't
0: have a marketing audience. (laughs) We have business owners. Raise your hand if you're a successful business owner.
1: (laughs) Welcome Um, to Smart Businesses Do This. (laughs) let Let me ask a question. Who hears business struggles with marketing? Okay. A lot of a lot of hands. There's like three. Yeah, there's, there's like a
0: whopping three. This is a pretty solid group. Yeah, thanks, You guys man. don't need me. So, <laughs> so, How many of you like the idea of outsourcing your work for cheaper and having really small people do it? Oh. Ah, there's a reason you're here. Oh, I see. <laughs> That's the why I'm doing right. the keynote. Yeah. I get it.
1: So, look, <laughs> so, yeah. So, check this out. You, so there in the marketing world, there's something called the story brand framework. Have you guys heard of the story brand? Okay, there's lots of nods on that. Well, now with ChatGPT, it actually knows these frameworks and things. So you can actually ask it, like, what's the story brand framework? It will tell you what the story brand framework is. My business partner, Tricia, right there, owns a branding agency with me. And we do a lot of story brand framework for our clients. And what's interesting that blew our mind just last week was that we found out that it was updated and we had it rewrite one of our clients' websites using the StoryBrand framework, something that we used to pay thousands of dollars to copywriters in the past. I don't know if you guys ha- have paid copywriters, but it's not cheap, right? And then when you give them the revisions, they always complain, they wanna charge you more, right? Yeah, and crazy. the AI, you just tell it what you don't like, and it's like, oh, I apologize. Let me rewrite that for you, right? In the past week alone, me and Trisha have done about $22,000 worth of services that that saved us $22,000 of services that we would have previously paid our copywriter to do. We've done lead magnet creation, wrote a whole book called Brand Yourself Like a Boss. We wrote a sales page for the book. We wrote social media posts to promote the book. We, I mean, we wrote a sales letter. We even put in her bio, copied and pasted it, and said, write a sales letter in her voice to put as the forward for the book so that, you know, cause if you guys know on Amazon, they can usually read the first two pages of the book. So that's really important by the way, to put a sales letter in there. So people know why they should, they should read the book. So this is what's really incredible is that you can train the framework. So just like what Adam was saying earlier about how he likes his content to be polarizing, you know, get people curious. This is what's really incredible. You can teach it your own framework. So in 2017, I launched a copywriting course, and you know, this is called the clear copywriting course. It teaches people these five elements of every viral social media post. I totally signed up for it. It's totally awesome. Just so everyone knows. <laughs> Yeah, I know he's in it. Yeah. <laughs> um, it it's curiosity hook, ironically. So you start every post with a curiosity hook, then you lead them in with the value. Why should they keep reading or why should they keep watching this? And then you have to make them emotionally invested in your story. And then you have to analyze something and that builds your authority. And then the number one goal of every piece of content you ever make should always be the same, which is not a call to action and things like that. It's to get them to react. Okay. So I have about a one page Google doc with that copywriting method, a prompt that I can paste into any ChatGPT and teach it how to use the clear copywriting method. And here's the most beautiful part. I went back to my hundreds and hundreds of students that I know they know the method, but they still hate writing. And I said, hey guys, what if I charged you $500 and we do a 10 minute to 20 minute call, and all we do is train your AI how to write my copywriting method, and I did a demo video of how easy it was. I had another $10,000 in sales, $10,000 in sales, 20 people signed up just for me to go on a zoom call with them for 20 minutes and copy and paste my script in there, copy and paste my script and then come up with story ideas for them. And they were all mind blown. They were like, wow, that's amazing. This is this is a great opportunity. It's gonna be a job killer for copywriters. I can tell you that right now Here's the first two
0: people on the chopping. Block. I'm actually I'm gonna go the other way around. Yo. Yep. not a job killer for copywriters. A job killer for bad copywriters. <laughs> yes. Good copywriters will use it and that's what they'll do. I was going there. Yeah. Yeah. I was going there. Yeah. I was
1: going there. yeah. Uh, because just like what he said earlier, if you're, see, if you are a good copywriter, then you're going to know the output. Correct. See, this is where it gets critical, guys. Because you need someone who's a good integrator operator who knows if it's good or not. Because the AI is going to pump out stuff and you might think it's good. It's just like American Idol. Everyone goes to American Idol and everyone thinks that they're amazing, right? It's just like, but it's just not, right? It's just not their own reality. And sadly, a lot of us are not rooted in reality. (laughs) Even ourselves, you know, there's things I know that I suck at, all right? Um, Like hiring you know, on the last panel, we talked about hiring. And by the way, the best thing that I ever did in my business was get myself out of the hiring process. So when you teach people, when you teach the AI, the framework, it will be able to do lots of amazing things. And when I say it's a job killer, like you said, it's going to be a job killer for people who don't adapt to it for a copywriter. They're going to be able to produce a crap ton more content, and they're going to have to start making a really interesting stamp. And I think uh, someone said earlier about the power of the personal brand, this is what's going to separate us guys. And here's where I I want everyone to just pause here and think about what I'm about to say, because it's very important. We're reaching a point to where with AI, everyone is going to be able to create massive amounts of content, massive. I would say a hundred times to a thousand times more than the content we see right now. We're already competing for people's attention online through social media posts, through blog posts, SEO, video, YouTube. Now we're gonna have to do, it's gonna be, the the market's gonna be congested with content. And this is why really important, and I think our uh, YouTube master earlier, who lost his 500,000 subscribers or whatever, told us, this is where you have to start building a community. And that's one of the things that I really look up to you too. You've been really good at building a massive community of people who really trust and respect you. I'm one of them, I'm in your cult, all right? So this is a really important time to start setting yourself apart and really focus on your personal brand because the content won't matter very soon.
0: I do, uh, I do wanna illustrate and I appreciate the compliment. For all of you that have been my mastermind a long time, you'll know this was not an accident. We predicted this two years ago. Two years ago, we predicted AI being prevalent people going crazy on content. And we had a focus on meeting in person and curating a quality audience. We did not want hundreds and thousands of followers. We wanted a few hundred or a few thousand followers who are all successful business owners who want to win and want to think that far ahead. Because to me, that's what smart businesses do a smart business is a business that plans two to five to ten years into the future and adapts accordingly we're playing a different game we're not playing for the moves that happen over the next six months we're playing for the moves that happen over the next two to ten years while also being prepared for what's happening in the present and so i, I truly appreciate uh the compliment and i want to recognize for those of you guys that have been with me since the beginning We called this, we predicted it. Once again, we're ahead of the curve every single time. And for those of you guys that aren't in it, if you are interested, you can can talk to Eve, you can talk to our team. We'd love to show you what that looks like to be that ahead of the curve. There's one question I guarantee you that everyone here is thinking that I would love to hear how you handle it. How do you train the AI to write like you? What's your process?
1: Whew. Well, first off, let me do point out that it has, I, I would be lying if I said it hasn't taken me hundreds of hours of personal time figuring this out. Um, and with a lot of frustration. Can I start with the frustrations? Yeah, of course. Okay. Who here has used OpenAI? Okay. Everyone. Okay. This is great. All right. All right. So then you probably know this. Okay. Rule number one of OpenAI AI is always save your chat logs to a Google Doc or something <laughs> because they disappeared. Matter of fact, 100 million users are pissed right now because if you go on OpenAI, all your chats are missing. So let me give you a, a very practical and tactical tip right now. As soon as you get your persona dialed in to where you're like, okay, this really understands my business is really good. Um, and by the way, I'm not here to pitch anything. I just happened to launch my AI persona course yesterday, Inc. <laughs> but, Here's what's really interesting. Copy your chat log of everything you've done in there so you can reprogram it. And secondly, copy the actual link, the address bar link, because that's the direct link to that chat. Right now, everybody's struggling. I got all my links saved. I can go into my open AI right now and click the right link because I know that this is my savage marketer persona link. This is my this is my AI persona method link, uh, this is my VA staffer link. I have a persona for each of my businesses and each of my styles. So <clears throat> there's that, that I guess that was hit number one and number two. Um, make use each one of those chats as a different person. And matter of fact, I'll have the AI persona method create a sales page or come up with some ideas, and then I'll go back to my Savage Marketer, I'll copy and paste it into the Savage Marketer and have the Savage Marketer rewrite it because it knows my writing style, okay? Um, The other thing that I hate, by the way, oh, this is the worst. When it comes to OpenAI, it will just magically forget shit that you've taught it. Is it okay to say that word?
0: Yeah. Yeah, magically is something that everyone here knows. Okay.
1: Thank God. Thank God. Uh, It just frustrates me because sometimes, like I said, the clear copywriting method, I'll say, write this in the clear copywriting method, and then it'll come back with some crazy ass that I didn't magic yeah magic (laughs) and I'm just like that is not the clear copywriting method but here's the best part just like you said earlier I apologize let me rewrite that in the clear copywriting method then it writes it a completely wrong way again (laughs) I'm just like no so remember what I said copy and paste what you got I have a prompt a one-page prompt that teaches it how to do it I copy and paste the prompt and I said no this is the clear copywriting method I paste it back in it goes Okay, I, I knew understand. That. And then it does it
0: right. <laughs> I love how confident AI is. I knew that.
1: Yeah. yeah I got it now. Oh yeah.
0: I remember that now. Yeah. Oh, or
1: sometimes it'll just be like, I'm a promatic language and I don't remember shit that you taught me before. Yeah. And
0: I'm just like, really? I spent two months developing you and you don't remember anything? I feel like it was designed <laughs> with someone that likes having an excuse for everything. Right? It's like really apologetic, really polite, but full of excuses. Like, hey, can you give me this data? I'm sorry. As an AI, I can't possibly give you that data. I'm not allowed. But if I going to here's what i would give you you're like what why did you say that <laughs> now i've completely forgot yeah. the question you asked because i went into the, the method the, the, the oh, the what method. is the prompt how okay
1: so here's what you do all right i'm gonna give you i'm gonna break down into, into four main prompts you guys like prompts this is some prompt juice for you so the first way that you do it is how many of you go in there and immediately you just start typing and asking it to do stuff for you Pretty much everybody, right? How many of you have gone in there and just start educating it about your business? Ooh, two, three, okay, that's good. That's where you wanna start. So the trick of building a really strong AI persona method is to use it, here's here's the trick, okay? Uh, I'm gonna give you four things. One, give it a job title. What is your role in the company? Is it a marketing assistant? Okay, the second piece is, what is your specialty? What do you actually do? Are you, a mar- are you a marketing assistant that specializes in creating social media content, in video scripting, to creating landing pages or lead magnets? And then here's the piece that people forget, the personality. What type of personality... Do you need in that role? For those of you, like you, who are just hiring people, oh my God, it's a dream come true. Could you imagine if you're like, well, you know what? Uh, For this job, you're gonna have to have this personality and you're gonna have to have these skills. You can literally build it out. And this is the most beautiful piece, is that once you build out the personality, then you start educating it on your business. You start giving it, okay, here's what we offer. Here's the business proposition, the value statement. All of you guys have, you're all business owners. You know what you do, the X, Y, Z formula. Everyone knows this. I do X for Y, which is your target audience. It results in Z. So already the AI now understands who you serve, what you do, and the results that you get them. Then life takes a very different tale. The, uh, the AI will actually understand who you serve and what you do for them. And it will start presenting things. Here's a prompt I want you guys to type in once you get your persona dialed in that blows everyone's mind. I'm still working on my value ladder. Who here has a value ladder? All right, <laughs> one person. <laughs> yes, I know you do, you're a marketer. <laughs> a value ladder is how you get the most lifetime value out of a client, right? So like like Adam was saying, he's willing to give away a $2 toy for someone to come into his store. Sorry, that's degrading, not a toy, a figurine. Thank you. All right. A figurine to come to Bastrop Toys. That's they're Brought to you Bastrop by Bastrop Games and Hobbies. Okay, not toys. That was demeaning. Stop there trying. I go right back to the demeaning cogs. <laughs> see, see how rude I am. <laughs> he's willing to give away a, a $2 figurine to bring people in. Foot traffic, right? Because he knows that they're going to be able to spend $40 a day or an on average $400 a month in a store. So he's willing to make that sacrifice. He's willing to make that investment. Right, and it's the same type of thing for us. The value ladder is okay. Cool. I serve uh, business owners by helping them uh, get really awesome virtual assistants that use uh, AI to create social media content and basically take over their social media presence. So if I'm going to do that as my value statement, I'm going to say, "Here's here's the prompt that you guys are going to want to keep. You can use the pens on your desk if you want. Write on your desk and take a picture. Whatever you want." I'm still working on my value ladder for fill in the blank. Whatever your service is, whatever your business is, whatever it is, and say provide 10 ideas on how I can further provide value to my clients, customers, target audience, whatever you want to say. And you will be very shocked. Now this won't work if you if you go and go to OpenAI and type that in right now, it's going to produce absolute garbage. Okay, you need to educate it first. So, like I said, give it the job title. Tell it what what it is it specifically is going to do. Make sure you, it understands your target audience, what you do for them, and the value that you, you that you provide. And
0: then ask it. I wanna I'm gonna add something here. There's a there's a gentleman in the audience who who I, I really love and I really respect his business, and he has a catchphrase, and it's an internal catchphrase using his company. No one else knows, and it's know your five percent. Mm. And he's basically saying that most people mess up because there is this element. That they're just not paying attention to and it's the five percent that goes wrong that ruins everything right or the or that little detail that matters what's cool about this as i'm listening to it i I can sort of like hear andrew's voice in my head and i can hear him if he trained the ai to understand what the know your five percent concept is now Any documentation he creates, he can say, and what is the 5% that people are likely to to mess up? And the document will output and be like, by the way, this is what I predict. And that could be super useful. And this is, I've not even tested this, but I just, I know AI well enough and I know Andrew well enough to know how valuable that could be in his company because it might be able to start predicting. And the more he knows, if he's like in this process, this is normally the 5% that's missed. In this process, it's normally this. That could be incredibly useful as it starts to piece it together.
1: Yeah, and you know, from a marketing perspective for business owners too, another thing that's really valuable is the ability that what we usually don't do, which is the reverse engineering, the reverse engineering. So you can basically say, hey, here's what I do. Here's the people that I serve. Here's the services I do. It can help you with the value ladder. And then you could say, here's another prompt for you. What type of person would be in the market for the services that I provide? And it will literally write out a bio. I mean, you can make it very detailed. It'll go down
0: to like, you know, this. Yeah, off the back of that, just to build, I've done something similar where you then follow with and can you list a hundred places I'm likely to find them? Can you list their contact information? And you'll be surprised if it's public information on the internet, it'll have it. And then you can say, now draft me a message to send to them in my voice. And then... Now you you go copy paste. All right, we have a retired (laughs)
1: investigator in here, so I don't want to incriminate myself. What's really interesting here?
0: Detective. A
1: detective, even even better. It's it's even better. Yeah, you'll love it. So what what's really interesting here is that I have a gray truck, Silverado. I'm sure it's. Are you sure you want to say this? Yeah. Okay. It's probably the most (laughs) popular truck in Northern California where I live. Because it's all you know, Northern California
0: folk. So no one suspects it at all.
1: Yeah. Okay, What's very interesting is on my way to the airport here, I pull out of an exit, and an, a mile later, I get pulled over by a cop, a CHP. This is yesterday, and I'm like, okay. And then he goes, yeah. Well, the reason I pulled you over is because my partner flagged you. He's in a motorcycle on the other side of the freeway. And He flagged you going 103 miles an hour, and I was like, what? He goes, yeah. The lidar got you. I'm like. That's preposterous. I have a Corvette, a red C8, just like my friend over here. And I said, I haven't even done a hundred miles. I'm embarrassed. I haven't even done a hundred miles an hour in that, let alone my my Silverado. And I said, you've got the wrong guy. He goes, well, did you see someone else going past you? I'm like, no, I'm focused on myself. I'm not worried about someone else on the road. And then I asked my AI to act as a California moving violation attorney. <laughs> And I said, what should I do in this situation? It said, well, I can't give you legal advice because of whatever. But from what I've researched, (laughs) you could write a declaration letter because I didn't know. I didn't even know this, but if you you can act, there's, there's in the state of California, you can write a declaration letter that the cop has to show up to and discuss with the judge before your trial. So. I actually said great. And then I said, I gave it all the information that I knew about the incident. And I said, write a declaration letter. And it wrote a declaration letter. If you guys follow me on Facebook, you can literally see it's my post from yesterday's update on the bogus 103 mile per hour ticket. You can look It wrote me a declaration letter. And of course, everybody has their opinion. You've got people that went to law school and whatever else saying, oh, you, you, you're, you you just committed a felony by, uh, by pretending you're a lawyer. I'm like, I didn't pretend I'm a lawyer. My AI did. And I just looked at the, at the letter that it made. Sued my AI. Right. So what's really interesting though, is that I actually hit up one of those ticket master, you know, Law firm agencies or whatever. And I, I actually gave them the declaration letter that I wrote. And it was like, oh, did you already use the services of the lawyer? I was like, no, I, I did that myself. They're like, wow. Okay. Well, thank you. I for- watch
0: a lot of law and order. <laughs> yeah,
1: exactly. They said, wow, that was actually uh, really good. I was like, really? That was really good. They're like, yes, we will we'll probably modify it, but this is pretty good. So we can charge you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> We're going to charge you the 600 bucks anyway. But the point is, is that there's literally the reason I told you that story is because I can't even think of a single use model of writing like God forbid this was available when I went to college (laughs) or high school. I don't know about you guys, but I'm lazy AF. When I went to high school, I graduated 3.86 only by God. I was fortunate enough to be born with a
0: photographic memory. So as someone who lectures at universities, I just wanted to say (laughs) that. Um, so do I. Uh,
1: so so ironically, this is this is the real crazy part. Is that and this is a really important thing to to understand. We're moving. It kind of goes back to that content thing that I was just talking about earlier. We're moving to a point to where it's not as important what you know. It's more important on asking the right questions to get the open AI to tell you
0: what you need to know. Dude, it's so true. And what I love actually, this is the movement in universities, they're allowing it to be used, providing you state at the bottom that AI was used for research, you fact check everything yourself with sources, and believe it or not, you create some grammatical errors. Wow. Because the thing that separates AI from humans is that AI doesn't have that human error element. Mm-hmm. So you're encouraged to not just use the output, but to go in and, and not mess it up on purpose, but add your own flair, the kind of points that you make.
1: Isn't it interesting, guys, that in a world that's being taken over by AI, it's never been more important and valuable to be human? Yeah. Isn't not that isn't that
0: interesting? so true the, and it's uh, it's the flaws that separate us there's um, man I, this goes into Warhammer lore I'm sorry guys this is uh, but it's really important <laughs> yes we went guys, there I was wondering whose talk was going to go into Warhammer it's today, me baby today's the day and here's, here's why so there's um there's a really good sequence of books um, called the Horus Heresy it doesn't really matter but what matters is there were in the in the lore there are 20 perfect beings that are created and each one's perfect at a different thing and they have a book for each character and And some of the characters ended up being good for humanity and some of them ended up being evil. So each book is, is this character of perfection going to become an evil character or a good character? And that's kind of the whole point. But one of them is the the artist and his skill set is being perfect to everything he does. So that's what he's born with. So he decides that he's gonna learn sculpture. And so obviously makes the best sculptures in the universe and people fly everywhere to see them. But there's another guy who's a regular human who is not perfect and is rated as higher than him. Mm. So he gets so upset about this that he hires the sculptor to teach him how to be a better sculptor. And so the whole book is from the perspective of the, the human sculptor who is not a genetically modified perfect human being. And it's his fears around telling this person that is perfect, is biologically created to be perfect, that his art is so perfect it's boring. And he has, he's like, there is never a flaw in your work, but it's the flaws that attract attention. It's the fact that the Venus to Milo is missing arms that makes it stand out against all the other statues that still have their arms. It is this component that makes the difference. And so essentially the guy has him executed for daring to say that flaws are perfection. Um, and obviously he's not one of the good guys. But the, <laughs> the reason I'm sharing it is because in a world of AI, and I think of this analogy a lot, in a world of AI, it is the flaws in your work that confirm to people that it was a human that created this. And so I think now more than ever to exactly to Jeff's point, it is absolutely okay to err or to err is to be human which is, uh, you know, a very classic. Now we're getting philosophical. I mean, yeah, yeah, (laughs) let's get there. But I I think like as humans, it is now more important than ever that you do read philosophy. I mean, one of the greatest books I ever read were the Dialogues of Plato. Actually, uh, my son, I'm making him read it now for school uh, because they were like, it's really important your children read the classics and they're home educated. And I was like, the classics? I was like, I look at them and they're like, Romeo and Juliet. And they're, I was like, like a classic. Let's go back 2,500 years. That's classic. Let's go to actual classics. And uh, my son, like 20 pages into Dialogues of Plato, was like, Dad, this is a really good book. I'm like, yeah, it's people arguing with each other. How can this be bad? This is reality TV 2,500 years ago. But those works of philosophy are what are going to let you know that the AI is outputting something good, is my point. So become you don't need to memorize information anymore in this day and age. Uh, I love there's a, a really cool... Uh, meme. Uh, It's actually a a screenshot of text messages of somebody texted uh, a a random number, a whole bunch of symptoms for somebody that just got admitted into hospital. And the person replied back, hey, I think you've got the wrong number, but a quick Google told me you may want to check this and put the answer in. And then they finally get a reply like six hours later, Hey, thanks ever so much for getting back to us. Just want to let you know what you solved in Google in two minutes took three doctors four hours to work out, (laughs) which I thought was amazing, but also illustrates that the, the prevalent use of AI and Google, the longer it takes to be used in the regular everyday life, the more negative impact there's going to be on society that when it is brought in, it's going to be used badly. And again, that rule from universities to bring the whole thing whole, if you do bring it in, you still have to check.
1: You know, this is a, this is a great segue because a lot of I get a lot of flack, by the way, because now I'm one of the AI bros. You know what I'm saying? It used to be the crypto bros. Now it's the AI bros. You know, it's how it is. It's a trendy thing. Um, but what's really interesting is I get a lot of hate from people about how I use, AI with my kids. And I don't know if any of you guys have kids. I'm assuming some of you do. But I wrote uh, I wrote a post about how the AI actually uh, wrote a book for my for my kids. And it's very interesting because if you guys are having a struggle with getting your kids to read, thankfully, my kids do enjoy reading. But you know, it's very hard to keep them engaged, right? Like you read them a bedtime story, whatever else, they're, they're dozing off. What I've learned this is a cool little open AI hack that no one probably thinks of that often but I actually went to my 4-year-old son 4-year-old using open AI by the way 4 years old here's how So who here has heard of Midjourney Yep all right so that's like the open AI but for graphics you can ask it to create a bunch of graphics and characters and things you want So <clears throat> One time, my 10-year-old was at a birthday party and it was just me and my four-year-old and he wanted me to help him put, uh, put him to bed and he wasn't ready for sleep. He wanted Jesse to come home, his big brother. He loved sleeping with his big brother, Jesse. So I said, okay, well, you want a bedtime story? No, I'm going to wait for Jesse. And I said, what if we made a bedtime story? He had no idea what I was talking about. He goes, what do you mean? Let's make our own story. Okay. And I said, well, who's in the story? And he goes, well, Jesse and his friend Dominic. I said, okay, and where are they? And he goes, they're in a castle with a rainbow, a rainbow castle. I said, whoa, and what is he doing in there? I'm like, what does Dominic look like? He goes, well, he's kind of fat, but he has big muscles, (laughs) probably describing me, you know, Uh, (laughs) or at least I'd like to think I have big muscles. Uh, (laughs) But what's really interesting is that he described Dominic, his friend, and and I said, okay, so what is Dominic doing? He goes, well, he's reading a book okay, he's reading a book so what's going on in the castle He goes, well there's a monster ah, there's a monster in the castle what's the monster doing? Well he wants to steal Dominic's book. I was like, whoa what, what is Dominic gonna do? He's gonna book thief he's gonna kill him I was like he's gonna he's gonna kill the monster He goes, yeah I said, how are you gonna kill him He says, well, he has a knife. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, like this like, one, dad. <laughs> so what I'm doing is I'm literally using my voice to voice to text in the, on my phone, okay? And I'm literally inside the OpenAI on my phone, which is a huge, I love it, by the way, on the phone. And it's literally just recording everything my four-year-old is saying. And I ask OpenAI to write a children's book and then I pasted the manuscript of my son and I talking. So if you have a Google phone um, and you use the Google Notes, it will automatically transcribe for you. But you know, if you have an iPhone, sorry, um, but it probably does the same thing. Um,
0: Actually, uh, I'm going to go a step further. First of all, I just got my golden nugget. So random applause for Jeff. Me, <laughs> like Um... I'm really big on uh, being. I Actually, can borrow Chris's words from earlier. Being super intentional with my children, it's a major important factor for me. And uh, one of the ways that I connect with my kids is I like playing music for them um, because I taught myself how to play the ukulele, and also we played Dungeons and Dragons and yeah, what have I've you. Been there, I've right? Been there. You've been there. You've seen it. You oh play. yeah,
1: his kids are good. His, Thanks. his, his. I think it's your oldest son saved my ass when I was going up. And by the way, I, I, I don't know. Eve, if I'm still banned from the house. But um, <laughs> we were going up against this king, this king who had a girlfriend who was evil and had poisoned his mind. And our goal, and I was the guy with the crossbow, and I was supposed to take the shot that kills the girlfriend, and you're supposed to roll these two 20-sided dice, and I rolled a double one or zero or whatever. Double one, yeah. Like it was like literally the odds of that or I don't know. A lot. They're ridiculous. They're very, I mean, the odds of doing that bad of a roll yeah. were so bad. And I rolled it twice. And basically my crossbow shot missed her and shot the king in the head.
0: <laughs>
1: he falls down and is basically bleeding out. And his son came up with this crazy idea. I'm basically pulling out the Uno reverse card, <laughs> and was able to magically heal him. There's that word again. Yep. I know you guys are so tough to magic's important. But I love how you involve your kids. I'm sorry. To no, no, story, no. It's but, good. Thank you. But, but I wanted to just paint an example for you guys on one of the reasons why I really admire Adam is because you know he he uses such a great creative way of getting not just his own kids but all of us. Look at all of us here together today because of his creative strategy. So.
0: Thank C- you. Carry on with your so story. No, no, I appreciate it. So, so I now 100%. Uh, one of the best things I ever did, I think, is I wrote Eve a song with a company I think it's called Songfinch oh. where they will create a song where you share stories of your life and so what I did is I hired this company had them work with me to write a personalized song for Eve which I then learned to play and said to her hey have you heard this crazy new song that I found played it and she goes oh my god that's really good wait and then she starts crying as she realized it's our life story told oh. in a song so really really wonderful moment and and it's still um, one of her favorite songs. Um, and,
1: and now with the golden nugget is that you can use AI yeah, to do
0: that. <laughs> and the golden nugget is my son Orion is gets obsessed about things. And the things he's most obsessed about is Tiamat the five-headed dragon, the eye of Cthulhu, which is Cthulhu, the evil god of all's eyeball. <laughs> And Starbucks, and <laughs> Starbucks. and I have written him songs before about um, other things he cares about, like Starbucks and blankets and <laughs> and uh, and bacon. And so what I am what I'm going to do now is I'm going to go to the AI and I'm going to get it to write a song involving him as a hero with all of his favorite characters oh, yeah. and how he goes through it. That's what I'm getting
1: And at. the craziest part was my four-year-old when it, it, cause you guys see when you press enter on OpenAI and it just like starts writing it, right? And it was going at like the perfect pace. And I started reading it to him and he was, his eyeballs, man, he was so excited. Cause it was like, it was written very beautifully like a children's story, like a three, four-year-old children's story. And then what we did was we went to Midjourney and we started describing. It. I said, Well, what does Dominic look like? What does the monster look like? Well, it's blue and it has really big, sharp teeth. And I said, Does it have short arms or long arms? And short arms, you know, short legs, short arms, big body, <laughs> you know? And I was like, Well, what does it look like? It's kind of round, you know? In my mind, I'm thinking, like, it's a Pac Man. You know? <laughs> uh, <laughs> and what's really interesting was, Mid-Journey, when you ask it to do something, what it does is it comes up with four variations. And immediately, he saw one of the variations and said, that's the monster, Dad. Yeah, I know it. That's the monster right there. That's good. And it was able to capture his curiosity. And we were able to basically use the story, create images of Dominic and the sword (laughs) and the monster. And now it was so much more fun. And when his big brother Jesse came home, even though my four-year-old doesn't read, he couldn't wait for
0: big brother Jesse to read that story back to him. So first of all, round of applause again for Jeff guys, because this is awesome. (laughs) Some things that I want to share with you, some of the things that I found most fascinating about AI and my gift for all of you guys, those of you guys that are in my mastermind and those of you guys that are just here for today is use AI in ways other people aren't using it. Everyone else is going to use it to write content, write emails, do sales, make websites. Great. Let them do that. I'm going to share with you some things that are outside of the box that you can use it for, you may not have used it for yet. Number one, for all of you Dungeons and Dragons nerds, AI will not only output events, characters, statistics, it will create new monsters or level up monsters. Now, all right, you may not play Dungeons and Dragons. Well, how is that relevant in anything else? Well, I've given it to fitness professionals, had them input all of the ingredients in somebody's diet and had it output a seven day meal plan. Wow. I theorize have not tested. I'm aware there's a physician in here. It'd be fascinating to see what happens if you input somebody's vital statistics and condition and see if it output a prescription. Obviously you would double check, but still it would be interesting to see, please double check it. Uh, I'm your your patient. Um, But it would be interesting to see what it outputs. Um, That thinking outside the box version of what can I input, something that I really like is it will do a valuation of a company. If you punch in The EBITDA, um, how many employees, all of the statistics, profit margins, et cetera, et cetera, it will output, I would value this at this, or this is the multiple that we anticipate that company to be. That alone is absolutely incredible. I've had it output areas um, around a town that are likely to be the next to be developed or are likely to increase next. Really think about if you could sit down with an expert and ask it something, what it could output. But the best thing, the absolute best thing has been, for Christmas, I'm sorry, Eve, I'm going to admit this right now. For Christmas, Eve bought me a bunch of military books Mm. and I love military history. But some of the books that she got were this collection of books that weren't the type of military history I wanna read. (laughs) At the same time, I'm fascinated by military history. But some of these books, they're like hardback leather books. They have a library, if you guys have ever seen my library, they look perfect on the library. And I like knowing that all the books in my library have been read. But as much as I love World War II history, I don't know if I specifically want to read about the giant inflatable balloons that were used to offset the airplanes. (laughs) So I gave the title of the book to the AI and I told it, summarize every chapter in the book for me in a single page. And now the AI summarized the entire book. It took about a minute and a half to summarize. It took me about seven minutes to read it. And then I fact-checked it by going on Wikipedia and watching a couple of YouTube videos to confirm. I now know the majority of what's in that book. And this is something I've taught people many years ago about when you read a book, the information you retain is usually only about 60 to 80% of what's in the book. And as time diminishes, you end up remembering about 20% of what was in that book. When you use this summarized function, you're still going to retain about the same amount of information from the book. The irony is I've spoken more about these books because I'm currently reading three books a day in summarized form of actual books. Now, there are summarized book services online, but none of them can do it as well or can do this one feature, which I love.
1: And the beautiful part is it's basically like cliff notes for all the books that they don't do.
0: Right, right. But this is the best part. When there is a chapter that is specifically good and you want to know more about it, you can then say to the AI, I really enjoyed chapter seven. Can you break it down in a little bit more detail and give me more information? Because how is AI developed? By giving it books. It has the entire library of the history of mankind right there. And the thing that separates those of us that are successful from those of us that aren't is normally how many books we've read. I don't know about you guys, but I read three books yesterday. I'll read another three books today and I'll read another three books tomorrow. If you're not burning through nine books a week or 21 books a week, you guys are really missing out on what I believe is the number one power of the AI, which is letting me know the information at the highest level and knowing what book to look in to pull information from it. Now, I don't recommend reading fiction books this way, (laughs) unless you really, really like summaries of stories. But from a non-fiction standpoint, from an information-getting standpoint, this is amazing. I highly recommend you start with the book, Superintelligence. Superintelligence is a very hard book to read normally. but. It's about what would happen if AI took over the world from a non-fiction perspective. And I think the irony of having an AI tell me what to watch out for is hysterical. (laughs) With that being said, round of applause for Jeff Hunter. Thank you very much. (laughs) Jeff, what should smart businesses do? Well,
1: I would say the first thing that, the first trick of developing out an AI in your business would be to function as an executive assistant or a tool for your executive assistant so that it understands you because, it, and if you haven't hired someone in your business yet, which I know most of you have, you know, the first hire has got to be an executive assistant because if you don't have an assistant, you are the assistant. So if you really want to grow out of your own assistant role, that's the key. But the, the, the way of training a human is actually much slower than training an AI. So I would say train your AI, train your assistant at the same time, get them familiar with how to use the AI so that you truly can create a replacement of yourself.
0: Um, Earlier on, I, I like closing out loops and you guys will learn this about me. I have a crazy attention to detail. Earlier on in the talk, you said there are two careers that are in danger. One of them was copywriting. We never said the second one because we went down the route. What's the second one?
1: The second one is social media managers.
0: Social media managers.
1: Yeah, because we're at a point now to where most of the social media tools are gonna already integrate AI. Perfect. So what's gonna happen soon is you're gonna say, hey, create a content schedule for whatever based on this, and then it'll automatically go into your Facebook and your
0: LinkedIn or whatever, and it will schedule the post for you. Perfect, well, they can become AI techs. Guys, round of applause for Jeff Hunter. Thank you so much. Appreciate you tuning in. Once again, this is us on Smart Businesses Do This. Thanks guys, thank you. Now if you're new to the podcast and you want to learn more about how to build a smart business, then the absolute best place to start is with my Smart Blueprint ebook. Over 10,000 people have already gone through the book and it's one of the most comprehensive resources on strategically building and growing your business that you can find anywhere for free. Just visit the smartblueprint.com/ebook to grab a free copy and I'll see you on the next episode of Smart Businesses Do This.